This is episode 18. Welcome to the Ultimate Deck Podcast. Ultimate Deck Podcast. Helping you keep your finger firmly pressed on the decking industry, the people in it, and the information you need to master the backyard. And now, now. host of the Ultimate Deck Podcast, Shane Chapman. Welcome all my beauties and heroes to the podcast today, the Ultimate Deck Podcast. End of May and what a May it's been. It's been so busy for everybody I'm hearing. Contractors, retail stores, paint stores, floor stores are just like having their best years ever. Everybody's stuck at home. They got to stare at their bland walls. They've been thinking about painting for six years and haven't had the time. Mm, everybody's got the time. Haven't prioritized it. Until now, they've got so much time that they, like even the bottom priorities are becoming a uh, kind of rising to the top and getting done. So I'm here by myself today. There's no Wade. And so maybe this will be super short and succinct and quick. But the topic today, we're not even going to do Simcoe News because I don't have anybody to look it up. So sorry, Mike, out there, if you're tuned in, you'll be listening at some point for sure. Simcoe, I'm sure, is happening this week like everywhere is. So... The topic today is, this is a cool one, Bryce. So Bryce is here. here. Bryce is here. He's not, when I'm not completely alone. We should have thrown you on a mic. You should have had you like contributing to this. Anyway, the topic today we're going to tackle is the top 10 upgrades you can do to your deck for under a thousand bucks. This is a good one, I think. Right? When Wade's not here, I have to, I have to actually come up with good topics because I, I don't have the entertainment banter thing to play off of. So I just got to have to like a really good topic. Uh, so the top 10 upgrades under a thousand dollars to you and this, why a thousand bucks? Cause that's like an affordable upgrade for a lot of people. Your deck's going to cost 10 times that amount in many cases. So this is like a, this is a small upgrade you can do either before, during, or after the build. That's kind of how I position these. So let's get on it. We're live on Instagram again. There's a good crowd in here. So if you have any questions or if you have any upgrades under a thousand bucks that I haven't thought of when we get to the end of this thing. Throw them in here because I'm not the smartest guy in the, in the, well, maybe in the room, in the room. Yeah. But maybe not in this room. So number one is a pre, this is a decision you're going to make before you build your deck. But I think the decision to upgrade to screw piles, helical screw piles is worth the thousand bucks. And so this depends on the size of your deck. If this is a small deck, the average deck only uses two, three, maybe four piles. And so these screw piles in Canadiana dollars are about $300 per piece. So if you need three of them, that's well within the thousand bucks. And that's not, that's not deducting the cost of whatever you were going to use. So the upgrade cost is going to be a lot less than that. But here's why I like these. So many, many places such as Saskatchewan, where we are, don't require actual in-ground piles. If your deck is under six feet, some areas it's under two feet. Other jurisdictions that are more strict don't let you use anything but piles if it's going to be attached to the house. So you can't use the cottage blocks or the levelers, the grade slabs, whatever you want to talk about. But here, they're very, very common. And so if you're going to do, if you've got a deck, average size deck that's got three piles or three slabs, whatever, you're spending, you know, 20 or $30 on slabs and levelers. So you're spent, you know, three of them is going to be a hundred bucks, maybe. But to do screw piles is going to be under a thousand dollars. So your net difference here is about a $900, $900 upgrade. Canadian, which is only $150 US, right? <laughs> you didn't even crack a smile. You were like, that's legit. It's not, <laughs> the exchange isn't quite that bad. But so, and, and this is probably one of the most, arguably one of the most important upgrades that I have on this list because many people would consider this not an upgrade. You should just be using this in the first place. But even over 
concrete piles in many areas. And again, this is regional specific because in some areas it doesn't make sense to use screw piles. If you're in Washington or California where your frost depth is zero and you only need to do piles a foot into the ground, well, dig a hole and pour some concrete in it. There's little benefit to driving screw piles. So, but in areas that have deeper frost or have clay soil like we do, or, you know, no, not a lot of rock in the ground, so you're not going to run into any issues with that. Screw piles over concrete every day, all day. So in our market specifically, you've got to go deep because we have frost levels of six to seven feet. And so in order to combat that, you've got to do a deep, deep hole. And that means you're pulling a lot of material out of the ground. And if you're in sandy soils, that might be okay because you can, you know, it would take a lot of work, but you can shovel it. You're not shoveling the crap that comes out of the ground here. It's clay. It's like trying to ram a shovel into clay. <laughs> so it's not shovelable. It's soaking wet, like dense clay. It's just, you can't really move it. You got to bring in machinery. So now you've got to deal with this. Uh, not only, so you've hired a machinery to dig the hole, to drill out the hole. Now you got to hire somebody again to haul away the dirt and pay to dispose of the dirt that comes out of the hole. Um, because here, if you're going to do a proper concrete pile, it's it's like 14 feet deep. And so that's a ton of earth that's coming out of the ground that isn't shovelable and you're paying somebody to remove that. Then you finally get to actually, now you can actually pour the pile after all this work and mucking up your yard. You drop the sauna tube in, you got everything lined up and you call in the concrete truck. Okay, well, you're going to pay, like if you're going to call in a, a truck to pump concrete, you're probably for three piles going to pay a small batch fee. So you're going to pay, you're going to overpay for what the concrete's worth because you don't need that much. Or you're going to be doing it by the bag, hauling 50 pound bags of concrete. Well, it takes quite a few of those to fill a 10 foot deep hole or 14 foot deep hole or even a four foot deep hole. So it's a lot of work. There's a lot of work involved in that and cost. And then you get the thing poured and then you got to leave it for a day or two to let it cure up before you can build anything on it. And so now the cost is up there, the time is up there, the effort's up there, all of these things. And then it may or may not effectively battle frost, depends on how you poured that thing or how deep you went, or sometimes they just don't work. And so it's a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of effort, and you're not guaranteed the results unless you really kind of overdo them. So helical screw piles. Let me tell you about this. We were out on site yesterday, Brace, and you. this is probably the first time you saw those go in, I assume. Yeah. What'd you think? Quick, easy, easy no, mess. no mess. There you go. Like those are the three things right there. We we went in there. There's four piles on that deck. We got there. The pile guy was waiting for us. He got in his, his skid steer, drove it off his trailer. We marked out piles in five minutes. He drove them in a total of like what? N not more than 10 minutes, probably 15 minutes. Drove four piles, drove back on a trailer, pieced out. There was no mess. It displaces no dirt. He's in and out. Didn't wreck the lawn. No dirt to haul away. Drove them in in minutes. And they were ready to build on the second he was done. Like you could start building on it before he had his, his skids here loaded back up on the, on the trailer. They're amazing folks. And so in our market, they drive them 10 feet deep. That's to battle that frost. So they go in, it's a galvanized steel pipe. You can get different sizes of pipe, two and three eighths, three and a half, four and a half, whatever size of pipe you want to use for depending on the load of your deck. And then the plate at the bottom, the helix at the bottom, also different sizes, eight inch, 10 inch, 12 inch, 14 inch, 16 inch, you can go as big as you want. They are amazing. And in our environment here where we have super deep frost 
and clay soils and no rock in the ground, they're just perfect. They're the perfect solution for here. That big plate torques up nice and tight. It won't sink because you, like, it requires so much torque to turn it to get it in. Once you get deep enough, it's torqued out to the point that it's not going to sink into the ground. It's not going to pull up because it acts as an anchor at the same time. So they're just amazing. And so is that a question that came through Instagram? Is that just your question? Question from Bryce that some people are probably wondering though is will they work in rocky soil? So they can, however, a lot bigger struggle. But same idea. If you're going to drill a hole and fill it full of concrete, you're drilling a bit into the ground anyway. If you hit rocks, you have problems in both scenarios. But the cool thing about these is that if it's just a rock or like some obstruction, these guys can angle these things around. They can kind of drive these, drive these things directionally and kind of get around objects in the ground if it's not too big or in the way. But if you run into a very large object, either way you're going to have a problem driving, like either augering the hole for the concrete or driving the, the scoop off. So pretty minor setback. There's a whole lot of... Uh, a lot of great things about helical scoop piles. Big franchises, post-tech, techno, metal post, Goliath. Those are probably the big three that I'm familiar with. There's a lot of them though. There's people out there everywhere doing these things for good reason. And not just for decks either. You can put like people build houses on them, commercial projects. These guys are putting in a thousand piles for uh, solar farms. Um, there's tons and tons of applications you can use these helical screw piles for. So they're great for decks, but they're also amazing for a ton of other things. Uh, good in water. So that's a good question. Uh, I don't know the specifics about this. Like you, they do have stainless steel options and I suspect you'd probably want to use that in water potentially. But um, yeah, I don't know why they wouldn't work in water. You'd have to drive them deeper. And that's the thing, you can drive them deeper. So the ones here are pre-cut to a 10 foot length, but you can put on three foot extensions and keep going as deep as you want. So I know that the the guy we use most commonly has driven them 40 feet deep out here before. So throws a 10 foot extension on, drives it deeper, keeps going and you just keep going until you get, until the engineer says, yep. That's the torque we wanted right there. Because you can keep going. If you hit like an aquifer or some sort of void in the soil and the earth, whatever, you can just keep driving and going deeper. So anyway, they're, they're amazing. So that's the number one. I think that's probably the longest one. I got really excited about that one. Number two. Screw piles is the only one that I think that was really necessary as a, as a that's a decision that has to be made before you build your deck because unlikely you're going to put those in afterwards. However, it has been done. We have... The, post, the pilot guy has gone out and put uh, screw piles under decks that didn't have proper piles before because somebody's planning to add a screen room or something and and he can get in there in, in many cases and have a solution to that. So pretty cool stuff. Number two. This is a very inexpensive one and it's geared towards wood decks, but oil. Number two, upgrade under a thousand bucks for a deck. Oil your deck. The cost of the oil is well under $1,000. You could probably hire somebody for less than $1,000 and have it installed. But most of these things, my $1,000 is a materials cost. This is not paying somebody to do it because most of these things DIY people could do. But adding oil to your deck is one of the best things you can possibly do for any wood deck. I don't care if it's pressure treated or cedar or EPA or hard, some sort of hardwood. It doesn't matter. Adding oil is going to protect your material from the elements. It's going to make it last longer. It's going to make it check and crack less. It's going to stabilize the material. It's going to keep it from drying out too fast or as much. Um, it's going to make it look better. It's going to prevent the color from fading out of the lumber. There's so many reasons to just add a little bit of oil to your deck. Don't use top coat paints or stains or wax products, whatever. They just wear off, chip, fail, fade. So use a penetrating oil. I We're firm believers that's the only thing you should put on a wood deck, at least out in the elements where we've got actual seasons. If you're in somewhere where you don't get changing seasons, fine. And it's dry and whatever, fine. 
However, even those other top quote products just from foot traffic are going to wear off a lot faster than an oil would. So in our market, we deal with people every day who have made bad decisions in their life. But Wade's not here today, so we're going to talk. <laughs> Zing. You don't want to not show up to the podcast, then you become the target. Uh, but they've made a decision because they wound up at a box store somewhere that said, you should buy a bear crap coat and put it on your deck. And <laughs> they're like, yeah, okay, how much is it? And it's like, oh, it's lucky you. It's buy two, get one off. Oh, perfect. How much are the cans? hundred bucks. Oh, weird. 40 bucks last week. Now their sales on, they're more expensive. So oil. You, I, I'm a believer that a poor quality oil is better than a good quality top coat. But I mean, then, but just like buy a good quality oil though. I mean, you do have the option, but do that to your deck. It's going to make it look amazing. It's going to make it last longer. It's going to stabilize it, protect it. The the water and the sun's not going to beat it up like it would if you didn't. The color's going to stay more true. You can put tints in and get a different color if you want. Many different things you can do. There's good brands out there. Q-Tech, number one brand in the world. Mesmer's, Superdex, Sickens. There's lots of good brands, Ready Seal, um, that you can you can try out there. Um, but something, something is better than nothing. So we have a question that came in on the Instagram. Can you oil my cedar deck for $750 Canadian? Room and board provided, perhaps some steak and beer. Uh, you're going to have to put a number on the steak and beer. How much steak and beer are we talking about here? And for how long? If the steak and beer goes on a subscription service and gets delivered to my house on some sort of schedule indefinitely, we can talk. What do you, what do you mean you're not getting the questions? You're not seeing the questions? I didn't get that. Well, we got another. And you never saw the one before? Interesting. Well, that's strange. Uh, the LED, like I asked again, what do you suggest for cedar, Shane? For an oil? I, like... Uh, we think that QTech, not just we, we think because the tests have shown that QTech is the number one oil in the world. There is, if you want to Google it, you can Google the Great Stain Shootout that was done by, um, well, it was po- it was published in the Deck Specialist magazine, and they review about 30 different products, all of which are fairly good, and they give them ratings based on, you know, color fastness and ease of application and performance and so on and so forth, and they rate them all, and then at the end, it's kind of like, well, who comes out on top? And their top choice ends up being QTech Extreme. Out of the 30 best products out there, that was the number one. And so we always suggest QTech. We do also carry Mesmer's in our store as well, and it's a good product as well. I've personally used Mesmer's on my own Cedar projects. It works great. And my pressure-treated front step on my porch, so it's great as well. Um, and like I said, there's other good products out there like the ones I mentioned, Super Duck and Ready Seal and all sorts of good ones out there, but only one great one. I'm kidding. There's many great ones. But anyway, check out that that uh, great stain shootout if you're in the in the market for doing this. So because if maybe QTech's not available in your market, in which case you can order it from us online if you want. But if it's not available and there's something that is, you can check this uh, these tests and see where the one you're looking at rated out. It's not comp- it's not comprehensive. It doesn't have every product in the world out there, but it's got thirty of them, kind of more well known ones. So, um, there we go. LED light guy, he's all he's fired up about this topic, this oiling your wood here. Yes, sanding it down and redoing it. Okay, awesome. Can I buy online with you guys? You can, you can, and it actually even ships for free in Canada over one hundred ninety nine bucks. And so QTech retails for one nineteen a gallon plus your tints are $14.99 and without the tint it will still let the sun change the color there's no UV protection in the base oil it's in the tint so you got to add that as well but the 119 per gallon the coverage on it is insane you're going to get between four and 800 square feet on that QTech stuff Mesmer's is half that 
price is also half, but per foot linear or square foot of coverage, it's about the same price. So, but if you do get over that $200 mark, we ship it for free. Um, <clears throat> next topic here, number three, adding a privacy wall. And so this one is a bit of an asterisk on this one because this could cost under a thousand bucks, no problem. And it also could cost a lot more depending on how big and what materials you're using. So, but it's easy enough to add a small privacy wall between you and your neighbors that's going to cost a thousand bucks in materials or less. So that could be, you, we just finished talking about cedar. Many privacy walls are built out of cedar. You could do that. And that's for sure going to be under a thousand dollars. And then that allows you to do, um, be more customized with your creation and you can kind of make it look like whatever you want. It's wood, it's workable. You can do whatever you want with it. There are other options though. You can get into things like hideaway screens or Oasis screens, which are aluminum privacy screens, powder coated with a, with a pattern cut into them. They add an artistic touch as well. And so those retail for well under $1,000 per screen. So you could get three or four screens for under that price point. And that would cover 10, 12, 13 feet of privacy wall, which is as much as anybody typically does on an average size deck. So that's going to give you a good option as well. The problem with privacy nowadays is that these city lots especially are so small and so close together. And it seems like at least in our market, everybody's doors come out on a standard bungalow or two-story house at about four feet. And so when you're standing on your deck, four feet high, when you're standing on your deck and your fence is six feet tall, the fence is at your knees. And so you're looking right into your neighbor's backyard and they're looking into yours. And so when you're there, when you're sitting on your deck playing backgammon and you're going to be embarrassed about getting caught playing backgammon, you might want to add a privacy screen. And backgammon, that's not a euphemism for anything. That's just like, maybe you like backgammon and maybe that's embarrassing to people. So as adding a privacy wall is a great upgrade that you can do for under a thousand bucks. That's going to give you not only privacy, but in some cases windbreak. And so that's been a big thing for us this year too. We are, we live in a place that at least right around Regina, that's very flat and there's not much windbreak. I'll tell you that much. And so you get a lot of wind coming through here sometimes and more often than not, people that are doing privacy walls are doing it for the, for the wind as much as they are for the privacy. Um, so that helps a lot. So you can do things like that. You can also do glass privacy screens. So a lot of the aluminum railing brands will have taller wind wall posts that you can use, six foot tall from Sentry or five foot tall from Regal, um, different ones that you can put glass into and then use a textured or privacy glass in it and give yourself uh, some privacy and windbreak as well for under a thousand bucks. So... Again, asterisk, because if you go with a longer wall, it's going to cost more than a thousand bucks, but it's, it is feasible to do a 10 foot wall or so, um, out of a lot of different materials with a thousand bucks. This is a thousand Canadian dollars too, by the way, your dollar is going to go a lot further if you're in the USA listening to this and spending a thousand bucks, like on the exchange rate, that's a 14 foot wall now for the same money, right? So there you go. $1,000 Canadian this podcast is about. Or, or well, or US. If it's under $1,000 Canadian, it's for sure under $1,000 US. This could be like the $700 slash $1,000 category. Uh, number four. Keeping with the topic of privacy and adding um, some closure to your deck is the idea of adding a pergola. And these tend to be, if you're going to build it yourself, you can probably do this for under thousand dollars in materials, but if you want a really simple solution, we carry everybody carries these things now. The Toya grids, these Toya grid pergolas, they're about a thousand bucks. If you do an eight by eight, it's under a thousand dollars Canadian. And again, in the states, these things are probably six or seven hundred dollars. Toya grid that you can put them up in an hour. 
you and your wife or your, you and your husband or you and your kids or whoever can put this thing up in under an hour and you've got a shaded structure on your deck for under $1,000. Like, that's pretty cool. That's, it takes one hour and it's, and it's cheap. It, I'm not, I don't know if they'll make the claim that it's going to make your marriage any better, but who knows? If your wife's been on your ass for two years to build some sort of shade structure on the deck and then you finally do it, that, that'll improve your marriage. So adding a toy grid or some sort of customized pergola out of treated or cedar lumber is very doable within a $1,000 budget. So um, get to it. What are you waiting for? If you've been thinking about it, check out the toy grids. These are also available on our website if people wanted and they'll ship for free again across Canada. Um, I didn't start this out to be a big plug for a website and shipping, but like, hey... Here we are. Got to get something out of this podcast, I guess, right? At least Rob's going to buy some oil from us. That'll be good. My relationship with Rob right now is very one-sided. We send him a lot of money, and all we get back is some of his product. So it's about time the money flowed the other way and send him product back, you know? Anyway, number four, sorry, number five on the list here is the idea of upgrading to glass rail. And so it's pretty common nowadays, even on treated decks, for people to use aluminum railing. And in the States, it might be more common for composite railing. But the difference in upgrading from just a traditional picket or baluster style railing up to glass isn't that much more money. It's about, in Canada, I would say about $10 or $15 a linear foot. So most decks only have 30 or 40 feet of railing on them. So to spend that extra $10 or $15 is only another four to $600 to upgrade from picket rail to something that does have a little bit more kind of I don't know if prestige is the right word, but it's an upgrade for sure, having glass railing on your deck. And if you can do that for an average of $500 on the average deck, um, that's a that's a very affordable upgrade that's going to give a little bit more wow factor to your deck than just a straight picket, better views, less obstruction, and just a little bit of a higher end look for 500 bucks on top of the cost of your project. So upgrading from pickets to glass within your aluminum or composite rail system is a, is a cheap upgrade. Looks great. Right, Bryce? It's exciting. Too. Is it exciting? <laughs> exciting to upgrade to glass. Number seven, six, five, four, six. The idea of adding a built-in bench to your deck. Now, there's something really cool and functional about adding a bench into your deck. This may cost you next to nothing. If you were to go buy the materials completely brand new to do this bench, you can do it for under $1,000, no problem. And then it doesn't matter if you're doing composite or PVC or wood or whatever. You can probably get this accomplished from much under $1,000. But often when you're building your deck, you're going to have some waste material that you can probably use to build these benches. And so you might get a deck that, or a bench, sorry, that's going to be a $600 bench, but if you can use up some of your scrap, maybe the bench costs you $200. And you can do a nice built-in bench on the edge of your deck or around a natural gas fire pit or something, right? And so that just gives, like, not only does it give you a functional place to sit, but it just makes the deck look more custom and better craftsmanship to have these kind of built-ins along with it. It's no different than doing built-in shelves in a wall or something versus just putting a shelf on a wall. It's like the built-in looks much more custom and nicer than just putting an Ikea shelf on the wall. Same thing. Built-in bench looks a little bit nicer and more custom than just buying a bench and putting it on the deck. So that's an upgrade that, that any DIYer can pull off. And like I said, the cost of it's probably next to nothing if you're doing it at the time of your deck because you can just account for the extra materials and use up some waste to get it accomplished. And that's going to roll me right into the next one. So that was number seven. We're going to roll to number eight. Sorry, no, I skipped one here. 
Oh, I did skip number seven. See, I knew something was going on here. No, what was that? That was number six. So I didn't skip seven. I got it. I got six. Six was the bench. God, I was, I was on a roll there. I was gearing up to get to number 10 in a hurry. Number seven, same idea. Build some box planners. Now, I love this idea probably even more than the bench. And the reason for that is because you can, with the box planter comes some life and some greenery on the deck. And I think that's one of the coolest visual additions you can make to a deck. Not only visual, but it just gives the deck a, a cozier, greener vibe to it. You, I, I feel like I want to spend more time with it when I'm a little bit closer to nature. And so, again, this is something that probably can be built with all the scraps from your job. But if even if you have to buy it new, this is not a thousand bucks. This is like hundred bucks a planner for some boards and some framing to build this. And you build these built-in planners either beside your stairs or up on the deck or, you know, pick a place where it kind of makes sense. Lots of times on decks, there's these odd little angles or corners sometimes that because of the shape of the house or because of whatever. And tuck some planners in there then. You're not going to functionally use it for a seat or a table or standing or anything. It's kind of a dead zone. Put a planner there and add some greenery, add some plants to it, add some life to the deck, some color to the deck. And uh, like if you ever see somebody who builds a deck that's just like plain square deck no furniture, and then you take a picture at the end and be like, I built this, and it's like, oh, yeah, it looks great. But if it's staged up and it's got some furniture and some plants and some greenery to it, all of a sudden it looks amazing. And so that that little addition of adding a box planner allows you to add that greenery into it, and it's a big upgrade for not even close to $1,000. You can do that for much less than 1000 bucks. Number eight. Now that I got my numbers back in order. Number eight is a huge visual upgrade as well, and that's to skirt in your deck. And so this is becoming more and more common. A lot of decks in our market anyway are not skirted in at the time of build. They get built and the underneath is exposed. You see the piles, you see the posts. There's a void underneath the deck. And one of the best upgrades you can do is to skirt that in and kind of give the whole deck a finished look. Because if you don't, it's kind of like building a garage and not siding it. If you see all the structural like, and all the wood and stuff, it kind of looks incomplete in a way. Like you wouldn't side your garage most of the way down and leave the last three feet bare. You're not going to do that. And that's kind of what doing a deck like that looks like. You put the fascia on the side, but you don't finish down to the ground. You leave everything else exposed. Um, that doesn't look finished. So this one is also an asterisk because oftentimes this will cost you much more than $1,000. However, there are products out there that give this budget a chance. And so nobody likes the word lattice anymore, but it's an option. There's PVC lattice options out there now that... You know, for $40 a sheet, a four by eight sheet, that covers a lot of ground for not much money. But that's not super popular. What is popular with us is the decal mesh skirting. So the decal mesh is kind of a lattice. This is the new lattice, I want to say. It's only about a buck a square foot Canadian, a hair over. It comes in rolls four feet wide, 15, 25, 50 feet long. So you get a big roll of it, buy what you need, comes in five different colors. You staple it on around the perimeter of your deck. You frame down to give something to staple to on the bottom and sides, trim it out with some deck boards and it looks sharp and it gives the deck a finished look. It still allows airflow underneath the deck because it is just a mesh screen. You can see through it a little bit. The lighter colors are harder to see through than the dark colors, but it's a very cost effective way and you can control the budget on this. You know, if you only have $500 to spend, that's doable. You buy a roll for a hundred bucks or 200 bucks and you can skirt your whole deck in. And if you want to then start trimming it out. Well, you can and just control your budget. So you start at $200 for a roll, 
little bit of framing, call it 300 bucks in materials to frame, to skirt in the average deck. Then you want to start making it look a little bit nicer with the picture frame borders. Okay, well, you got $700 left to spend before you hit 1000 bucks to buy some deck boards or fascia that you can rip and or some cedar and cover all your staples and kind of trim it out and make it look sharp. And so this is a, this is going from, this is a big upgrade. This one, like upgrading from something to screw piles. People don't see and appreciate that. It's not making the deck look any nicer or be more functional. It's making it safer. Um, but this one, people are going to notice when the whole deck is now finished and nice looking. So deck all mesh. I'm going to do it again. This is also available on our website. And if you catch it soon enough, it was on sale that we forgot to take the sale down as of this morning. And so I'm not going to post this till tonight, so we'll fix that. But <laughs> but even at regular price, it's, it's a great value. The livers do. If they're in the live right now and they... Frazier was changing it today. He may have done it already. But uh, if you catch it really quick, you might still get the sale price on that by accident. Uh, number nine is ties into the skirting thing as well. If you're going to skirt your deck, you might as well throw a gate on it. And so this is a cheap upgrade gate access beneath the deck. And so this might, you might hear that and be like, uh, okay, that kind of seems underwhelming considering the rest of these things are pretty cool upgrades. And now you're just talking about putting a gate under the deck, but it's what that gate allows you to do. You're going to skirt your deck in, throw a gate on it. And now you've got a 200 foot, 200 square foot storage area shed underneath your deck. And so if you want you know, if you don't need it to be dry, then you're done. You skirt the deck in, put a gate in. You can store your lawn furniture under there. You can store the kids' toys under there, the pool toys, whatever. All this extra space. So you've basically doubled the space from your deck in a usable storage area. But you also have the option, and this is going to cost you more than $1,000, but you could make the space dry by adding a water management system in. And now you've got, you've literally got a 200 square foot shed in your backyard to put stuff under. If your deck is six feet high, perfect. You got lots of room. A little bit lower, still fine. You can use it. My deck is about four feet high. I've got a sandbox under my deck now. I built my kids a sandbox. So I've used that space now for more function. And so adding a gate will add a lot of functionality to you. I also think that even if you're doing the skirting, you should add a gate regardless because if you ever drop a credit card or some change or something between the boards of your deck, you want some way to be able to get underneath to get at whatever you've dropped. So not only is it functional, but for safety reasons, you might want to do that as well. Also, if there's things on your deck that may need serviced, maybe there's a... I don't know, maybe there's some electrical run underneath there, whatever that you might want to get at in the future. Having access to it is probably a good thing. So number nine, gate access through that skirting is important. And number 10, and we did this in reverse order. I kind of left the best for last, I think. I should have went 10, 9, 8 through to one, but I went the other way. Number 10, working towards the one that we're most excited about, adding lighting to your deck. And so this is achievable under a thousand bucks, no problem. I mean, if you want to go gung ho, it could be achievable in a lot more than a thousand dollars too. But to just add a bit of accent lighting to your deck, whether it's in the stairs or in the railing or some accents on whatever on your overhead structure, maybe do the toy grid and some lighting on it. Um, lighting doesn't have to cost a ton, but it punches well over its weight. You add five hundred dollars of lighting, and you're adding like a big wow factor to your deck, and it just gives it a completely different vibe and a second function at night. Because you don't want to sit out in your deck in the pitch black at night. Um, so by adding some lighting to it, it's just giving this ambiance to the whole space that you don't get during the day. And without the lights, it becomes almost non-functional at night. You don't want to just go outside and turn on the porch light. That's not, that's not it. Just turning on a CFL 100-watt bulb outside your door and letting the bugs swarm to that. And like, that's not my idea of like ambiance on my deck. 
That doesn't make me want to hang out out there. But you put some into your stairs for function and for looks or into the railing. Now that creates a space that I want to hang out in like during the day and at night. Is it easy to install? Is it friendly for DIY Asprace? Yes. Well, it depends. So I've installed some lights that weren't that easy to install or that reliable and not easy for a DIY. If you don't pay attention to polarity and you don't know how to use a silicone morette and you don't have, you know, you're not experienced in, in stapling up your wires and doing all that, then maybe it's not that easy to do. But there's some brands out there and I'll give it a plug right now because is he still in here? Is Rob still in here? Did he not wait till the end? He didn't even wait till the end. That's a damn shame. Inlight is the one that we, we carry. There's other great brands out there like Decor and there's some other lighting options. Like Inlight's not the only one. It's the one we carry because we, we absolutely fell in love with it. We went through a few railing brands, or sorry, lighting brands before we found one that was like good quality enough that we weren't hearing back from people all the time on them. So yes, they cost more than the $100 six pack of lights at Home Depot. But literally we've sold probably 5,000 bulbs these things in the last few years and we've had one, one ever that's gone out. And InLight just mailed a new one immediately. There was no like, yeah, go talk to somebody, Todd and warranty area and it'll take three months and like submit some pictures and blah, blah, blah. It was like, no, oh, our bad. That's strange. That doesn't usually happen. Here's a new light. So, and they carry a five-year warranty as well. So, but I, I don't want to put them out on this and say this, but I, I'm guessing that InLight is such a good company that probably if you had an issue in year six, they probably still take care of you. But I, maybe I'm, maybe I'm speaking above and beyond, but uh, anyway, for a few hundred dollars, you can put on a display on your deck and it's going to add a wow factor that none of these other things are going to do for you. Like when people come over to hang out in your deck, if you're going to have friends over some night, you flip those lights on in the deck and everybody's going to be like, wow, that's nice. They're not going to care if you have timber tech brown oak or Trex saddle on your deck or fiber on cottage or whatever. They don't, they're not going to notice the decking at night when they come over to hang out and have a few drinks around the fire. They're going to know is the backyard and the ambiance that the lighting adds to it. So, and that's an upgrade you can do for under a thousand dollars. And that's the best one on this list. I think they're all really good. And I would say that because I came up with them. So like <laughs> if I didn't think they were good, they wouldn't have made it on the list. So that's easy to say, but lighting, I think is one of the most undervalued things people can do. So we sell decks every day, all day. People come in and they spend whatever, $3,000, $10,000, $30,000, whatever they're spending and it's like for just a little bit more, for another 500 bucks, you could add on a lighting package that would take that deck to the next level. So that I think is one of the coolest upgrades on this list. I didn't see anybody, I must have nailed it with those lists because I didn't see anybody make any suggestions in the Instagram. Nobody made any suggestions. So let's give them a minute here. What's number 11? Is 11, is 11 coming from the audience? We're going to pull the audience. What's the biggest missed opportunity we had on this list. What is the one upgrade for under thousand dollars that you see, or you suggest to your customers all the time, or that you have a, as a homeowner have done that you think is missing from this list? Hopefully they get, like, I can't wait forever. Cause I got no, I got no weight here to tell stories and <laughs> kill time. <laughs> I missed some of the parts of the show, but you mentioned inlays. I didn't mention, so maybe I should do that. I should go back through the list here. So the list was number one was Helical screw piles, upgrading your foundation. Number two was adding oil to your wood deck, which is, that's a huge one too, to be honest. Um, number three was building a privacy wall for wind or privacy protection. Number four was adding a pergola structure like a Toya grid. Number five was upgrading from picket to glass rail. Big upgrade. 
Number six was adding some built-in benches. And number seven was adding box planners. Both those things kind of play together potentially and can use scraps in your deck. They could be very inexpensive. Number eight, deck all mesh skirting or some sort of inexpensive skirting option to kind of close the deck off. Number nine, if you're going to do the skirting, add a gate access. Turn that place into some storage space. Holy smokes, I rhymed there. That was wicked. And number 10 was adding the lighting. Mitcon decks in the Instagram says, I missed some parts of the show, but you mentioned inlays. And I didn't mention inlays. So if you, so this is our number 11. Number 11, bonus number 11, adding an inlay into your deck. And so for those folks who don't know what an inlay is, it's just essentially a kind of an artistic pattern within the deck that can add some visual interest as well. It can also provide a lot of function. If you've got a deck that the dimension of the deck is wider than what's available for boards, and this, this is common. So if you, the manufacturers only make boards up to 20 feet long. So if you've got a deck that's 24 feet long, at some point you have to either butt the boards, which nobody likes doing, or find some way to use a seam board, breaker board, zipper board, call it what you want, to manage your lengths and be efficient with your materials. But that doesn't necessarily mean you just drop a board in. You could make that artistic. You could do a diamond pattern or interlocking squares. or People do all sorts of stuff. If you just go on Instagram or Google and Google deck inlays, I'm sure you'll find all sorts of things you could do. You could use different materials. We've had people use deck tectiles as an inlay in a composite deck. So there's a lot of different things you can do. That adds some interest to the deck as well. And you would have to do You would probably want to do this during. I mean, you could do it afterwards if you have access underneath, but most of the time when you're doing inlays, it requires a bit of planning at the framing stage to make sure that the board is all supported properly. So you're going to want it much easier to do during construction or before than it is to do it after, but possible after as well. Um, so that is, that's a good number 11. I like that one. And sometimes the lighting plays into that. I've done decks where you put the, you know, some sort of inlay in it and the lighting is in the inlay. It's part of the inlay. And so now you've created this, uh, visual interest on, um, in the deck with the boards, the change direction of boards and the pattern or whatever, but you can also add the lighting into it, which plays into it. So now the diamond you spent putting into your deck in the middle of the day to enjoy in the day can now also be enjoyed at night with some lighting patterns. So that's a good number 11. Thank you, Mitcon Dex, for that suggestion. I'm at the end of this thing. It's Saturday. The store's open. Wade's not here. And so that means I should probably be downstairs. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in this week to this topic. If you have any suggestions that we missed, certainly send them along. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Ultimate Deck Podcast. Ultimate Deck Podcast. Brought to you by the Ultimate Deck Shop. Shop with us at www.ultimatedeckshop.com or check us out at all the social networks we can keep up with. Hit us up for any collaboration or sponsorship opportunities. Thanks for listening.